Hey, good morning. So glad you're here today. Uh, we are actually closing out a series today. Uh, we've been the last uh, three weeks, uh, broke for Mother's Day last week, last three weeks, uh, looking at this series called Life Together, where we've been talking about the church. What does it look like to be part of a church, to be part of a family that when you are saved, when a person is saved, that they immediately become part of God's family? What does that look like? And so we've been walking through just a little bit, a glimpse of, of what it looked like to be part of a family, to have the spiritual body. And today we're going to be closing out uh, by talking about responsibility. And I know everybody loves responsibility. They, we love that. Uh, and so I want to talk a little bit about responsibility. How many of you have ever gone to a, uh, a store and there's shopping carts in the parking lot? Now, how many of that makes you mad? Now, how many of you have done that? Raise your hand so we can yell at you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I saw a survey that talked about why people leave shopping carts in, in, in the parking lot. It was really interesting. Uh, I thought it was, I, I had nothing else to do, obviously, but anyway, I thought it was interesting. And the reasons were, number one, they said it was the receptacle, the bin that collected all the carts was too far. Now, I, 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 kinda, I can kind of get there, but not really. But anyway, so the second was they had small children. Well, I, I can get that. They have small children. They got a lot to do. If you, you know. The third one was it was raining. And I, get, I do get that. It's raining. You know, it's, it's raining. I don't want to get wet and everything like that. So anyway, I think it's always funny people's thoughts on getting wet. But the fourth one, they had some kind of physical ailment. And I do get that. But the fifth one was, people said, it's not my job. Now, that's interesting, isn't it? That's interesting. Not my job. And the reason why I thought about that is because we live in a not my job culture. We do. We live in a not my job. As a matter of fact, people will say, not my prob, not my problem, not my prob, Bob, not my job, Bob. We say these things. We have all these thoughts about what is our job, what is not our job, and we say, this is, that's not my job. I don't do that, and, and, and we're really clear, and I know that there are some, some times for that. But when I, what, what has happened is, is that that culture has bled into the church and that we have drawn really hard lines on what my job is and what my job is not. And today, I just want to walk through some scripture where Paul is writing and talking about exactly what is my job. Now, there's a scripture right here uh, from Genesis where Cain and Abel, this, two brothers, where God uh, says to Cain, uh, where is Abel, your brother? And, and Cain says, I don't know. Am I, am I my brother's keeper? And basically, he's saying, hey, that's not my job. My job, that's not my job. And, and a lot of times that's, that's, that's kind of the, the perspective we get, like, hey, this is not my job. And so I'm going to walk through three things that are our job and then one thing that is God's job. So we're going to walk through this whole concept of, of just not my job, not my responsibility, and talk about what is our responsibility as far as being in the church. So first is this, it is my responsibility to care for members of my church family. It's my responsibility to care for the members of my church family. Now, we've all grown up in families where we had, we had responsibilities, we had jobs. Yes or no? Yes. And I started to think of some of these stuff, so, taking out the trash, doing the dishes, doing the laundry, vacuuming, mopping, dusting, 
cleaning up after yourself, cleaning the bathrooms, cleaning the kitchen, doing the yard, just all these things, paying bills. There had to be these responsibilities. These things had to get done. As a matter of fact, I remember when my boys were in middle school that Leslie came home and she had the groceries. She came home and it was always their job and I was supposed to help too, and I did some because it was, you know, it was part of my job too. I know you're going to, you were sitting around doing nothing, but I, I was helping. But on this one day, Micah didn't get up. And I said, hey, get up and help your mom with the groceries. And he said, you're not getting up. <laughs> Excuse me? What did you say? Would you repeat that? He said, you're not getting up. And I said, let me clarify some things here. My responsibility is to buy the groceries. Your responsibility is to bring them in. You're never going to get a deal that's any better than this in the rest of your life. This is the greatest deal in the world. If you want to eat, all you got to do is carry the food in the house. Now that he's working, he realizes that because he comes over our house. <laughs> I said, if you ever want to trade, you can buy the food and I'll carry it, gladly carry it in the house. Now, I want to share something. We laugh at stuff like that, and I, I was a little firmer than what I was telling y'all. Um, <laughs> when you realize how much Jesus Christ loves you, that he went to the cross and paid the penalty for your sins. Let's just be honest. We're not perfect. You're not perfect. I'm not perfect. You've got issues, problems. I got them too. Look, I got sin issues. You do too. Nobody gets it right. Jesus was the only one. When he went to the cross, suffered a cruel death, died, rose again. We just celebrated Easter about a month ago. Celebrated, man, Jesus rose again. Listen, you were saved. Your sins are forgiven. You get to go to heaven. You're part of a church family. It is an incredible deal. And all you have to do is, well, I shouldn't say all, but the biggest thing you have to do is to care for people in your family. That it's an incredible deal. It's just like carrying the food in the house. It's there. So you got, it's just very simple. Everything's been provided. You just do what you're supposed to do. Well, Paul's writing to this church in Galatians. He's writing to the church, and he talks about this, this responsibility that we have to our brothers and sisters. This is, this, this is our job. This is our responsibility. He says, dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back on the right path. He says, we ought to care about people. We got to care what's going on. Now, I know this is counterculture. Counterculture says if somebody's stuck in something, man, you know what? You don't want to mess with that. You don't want to get involved in that. Matter of fact, you don't even need to ask about that because you don't want to be nosy or anything like that. And I know there's some thin lines here, but the truth is we ought to care. We ought to care about our brothers and sisters and what's going on in their lives. He says that. He says, you ought to gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. And he says, and to be careful to not fall in the same temptation yourself, meaning that, that if they've got some kind of sin issue that you struggle with as well, like if you're an alcoholic, you probably don't need to go sit at the bar to, to coax them away. Come on, that's probably not the best thing for you. Probably a job for somebody else. But you still ought to care about them. He says, you ought to be careful in that situation. And he, then he says, to share each other's burdens. And that word burden there is an interesting word. It is this picture of someone who's carrying a weight 
that is so big that they can't carry it by themselves. That they are overcome, that it is just, it is just simply too heavy to carry by themselves. And we ought to care enough about somebody that when we see that, when we see someone who's carrying this weight around, whether it's a sin issue, a relational issue, a physical issue, whatever, that we ought to simply care. We ought to care about what's going on in their lives. And it says that we ought to carry their burdens and in this way, obey the law of Christ. Well, what is the law of Christ? What is the law of Christ? Jesus listed two laws. He says they were greater than any any of the others. He said all the other laws were really morphed into these two, that you were to love God and you were to love your neighbor as you loved yourself. And Jesus is saying that, hey, you ought to care about others. Paul is saying that we ought to care about others, that it is our responsibility to care for other people, that when people have this overwhelming burden, that we ought to want to help them. And the word help means restore. And finally, he says, if you think you're too important to help someone, you're only fooling yourself. You're not that important. So, if you're part of this church, you're part of a church where people get stuck, they made back choices, they drift, stuff happens, it's not their fault, maybe it is their fault, it is their fault, there are circumstances, there are storms, there are seasons, and we are to rejoice with those who rejoice, and we are to mourn with those who mourn, and we are to care for people. To me, is the, the, the most beautiful picture of the church is not what happens when I'm right here. It's what happens when we leave this place. As a matter of fact, when we built this building, we could have built a bigger auditorium. We wanted to have an area where people could be together, where they could hang out, where they could be. As a matter of fact, the other campus built and added on an area, a space like that, much bigger than ours, but because they saw the value of having a place where people can gather, where they can be prayed for, where we can care for others. And this ought to be what goes on in the church. So make no mistake about it. To be part of a family means that you and I have responsibilities, that we ought to care for other people. Well, the second thing is this. If you're sitting here listening, you're like, this is great. I don't have to do anything. Everybody's going to take care of me. That sounds good, doesn't it? Help me. I'm needy. I need. I need. Well, here's the bad news. Paul goes into that knowing that that's human nature, God knowing that's human nature. That not only is my responsibility to care for other people, it's my responsibility to care for myself. Now, that's odd, isn't it? It's my responsibility to care for myself. Now, I'm going to tell you a couple of stories that you may or may not think is funny, but one of the first times I met Stephanie, she was asking me about my wife, Leslie, and she was asking me about it, and I said, she's low maintenance, which I celebrate that in my wife. She's low maintenance. Well, anyway, Stephanie was kind of, I think she was taken back that I would describe Leslie that way. And so later on, she told me, she told Kay, her husband said, don't ever describe me that way. And he said, don't worry. No problem here. Well, anyway, a couple years later, I'm at a wedding. Uh, Stephanie's there. And she says, did I ever tell you about the first time, I, one of the first times I ever met Gary? And he described Leslie, and they're at this wedding. It was a red, wedding rehearsal. And uh, she said, he said that Leslie was low maintenance. Well, there's some husbands there. And they're looking at me and going, well, that's a good quality. 
That's, yeah, I can see that. I can see why. And all of a sudden, their wife said, you never said that about me. And they went, well, you know, you know, you are. You are you're low maintenance. Well, listen, this past week, I get a text from Stephanie. Whole time, this, this has gone on for years where she's made fun of me that I have introduced Leslie as being low maintenance. I get a text from Stephanie that she's listened to a podcast, which is nothing unusual if you know Stephanie. She listens to podcasts all the time. It's a podcast where Craig Rochelle is interviewing Dave Ramsey, and he's asked to describe his wife. Dave Ramsey is asked to describe his wife. Guess what he said? She's low maintenance. <laughs> Mic drop, y'all. I feel validated. Me and Dave Ramsey's wives, you know, you know, you know how it goes. You and I should live in such a way, listen to me, that if we're overcome and we're carrying a weight that's excessive, that we need help. But our norm is that we're low maintenance. I'm going to say it again, that listen, we, we, we live in, 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 in such a way that we are naturally, our norm is low maintenance, knowing that there are seasons, there are circumstances, there are situations that come up that we are going to need help, but we're not all just sitting around going, help me, help me, help me. Who's going to help me? Who's helping me today? Come on, serve me, help me. That's not how it works. Look at the scripture here. I love this. Paul starts off and says, hey, we're to care for the needs for others, but then he goes into pay careful attention to your own work. Then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done, that you and I are supposed to live in such a way that, man, we're going to, take care, we're going to pay attention to who we are and what we're doing, that that's our, our number one thing, and that we're going to get satisfaction in doing the best that we can do, being the best that we can be. We're not just sitting around doing nothing, going, everybody help me, serve me, uh, take care of my needs. No, we're going to take care of ourselves. He says, and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone. Because here's what happens when we compare. When you compare, two things happen. One, you're either arrogant. Boy, I'm doing better. I'm doing better than he is. Boy, that's good. Well, guess what? He's not the standard. The standard is your best is the standard. Is everybody here with me on this? That your best is a standard. Or you're thinking, man, I compare to man, I could never measure up. Then you start to have this, this, this self-deflating uh, condemnation that you're not so-and-so. Listen, you don't have to be so-and-so. You are just responsible for doing your best and being your best as a follower of Jesus Christ. We don't have to compare ourselves to anybody. Listen, here's the truth. I'm not a, I'm not a good speaker as Annie Stanley. Have y'all figured that out yet? Don't say yes, okay? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not, a, Andy Stanley is a phenomenal speaker. I'm not as good as him. But here's the thing. That's not my goal. Is my, God didn't make me to be Andy Stanley. I can only do and be my best. Is everybody with me on this? Same thing with you. You're not called to be the Apostle Paul or Peter or Mother Teresa. You're called to be you and to do your best and to be your best, to take care of you. And then the scripture, if we go back to that scripture, I'm going to close out. He says, for we are responsible for our own conduct. Some scriptures say that we're responsible to carry our own burdens. That word responsible is a picture of a Roman guard carrying his backpack. That, yeah, it's a small burden that you carry, but it's something that they were to carry daily. They were to carry. And this is what he's saying. Hey, when I talk about living and being low maintenance, that we carry and do our part. That that's our job. We care about everybody else. We're caring for other people. But we're not sitting around going, hey, help me, help me, help me. I can't do it. No, we're going to do our part. 
I love how Paul lays this out, that it's like a backpack. You're just simply carrying a backpack of your stuff, your needs, what you got, and to the best of your ability, you're going to carry your needs, but there are going to be times where you need help. We all need help at times. We do, and it's okay. Which leads me to the third one. And if you're sitting there, you're going, oh, I see where you're going here. It's my responsibility to care for my leaders. So if you're a guest today, oh, yeah, this is where the preacher gets up there and tells everybody what he needs. For years, pastors have misused this verse. Or they've misused their influence to get things, to get stuff, to get people to do for them. And that's not at all what the Apostle Paul is talking about. But it is the responsibility of each congregation to care for their leaders. That's your job. And it sounds heady with me saying it, but I'm going to walk through. Look at the scripture right here. He says, those who are taught the word of God should provide for their teachers, sharing all good things with them. Now, here's the truth. When you give, I get, I get paid. I get a salary. Church pays me well. I don't want anything from you. I don't want any money or anything like that. I want you to give. I, when I talk about giving, I talk about being generous. It's never, hey, I need you to give so I can get paid. It really doesn't work like that. Generosity is always talked about, hey, we need to be generous because God's generous. So what, what do I need from you? What, what do, what do our, need, our leaders need from you? I'm going to give you three things here. I need your prayers. I don't know if you remember when I, uh, at the beginning of the year, I was talking about Pastor Scott that they had all, they just felt like they were in a season of, of just had a storm, put a hole in the roof. Uh, they had, uh, I think they were sick. It might have been COVID or whatever. And then Cage, this adopted special needs child that they, 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 they have, has had all these health issues. As a matter of fact, he just had surgery, just got out of the hospital. And I asked y'all, man, write these guys a card. Pray for these people. That's what leaders need. That's what I need. I need you to pray for me. I need you to pray for me all the time. And I'm, I'm going to get to why in just a second. Second thing is I need your encouragement. I need your encouragement. The word encouragement means to give courage. Now, I'm not asking you to lie. If you don't like the sermon, you don't have to come up and go, but that was, that was you are Andy Stanley. You are. <laughs> Gary, I tell you, you can just walk up to me and go, you know what, Gary, if you didn't like the sermon, just walk up and go, you know what, that, that was a sermon right there. <laughs> that was a sermon. I'm good with it. I don't, I don't have to be lied to. But I need encouragement in the form of you're growing in Christ. You're growing in your faith. And I'm journeying with you in that. I'll celebrate that all day long. I need encouragement. If you do see me or one of our leaders doing something well, man, tell them. That. Don't just assume that, that somebody else is, is going to tell them. There's a saying that says, what gets recognized gets repeated. I have found that to be true. If somebody's doing something good, I certainly want to celebrate that. So I need your prayers. I need your encouragement. And here's the last thing I need. I need your forgiveness. I don't get it right every time. As a matter of fact, one of the things I love about Eastridge is the transparency that we hold to that we don't, we don't have it all together. 
I'm not going to get every decision right. I've made mistakes. I've not done things, or I've done things too quickly. Sometimes when I do the right thing, I say it the wrong way. I, I was thinking about uh, this week, I, I, I tried to go by a member's house because they were talking about something, and I wasn't very compassionate. Um, and I, I, I need to do better. There's, there's no way around it. I need to do better. So three things I need from you. I need your prayers. When I think about this first, that your responsibility is to care for your leaders. I need your prayers. I need your encouragement. Our staff could use it. The enemy, listen, the enemy, as much as he wants to discourage you, he wants to discourage me. He wants me to walk in here on Sunday morning feeling like things are falling apart and things are not good and Jesus isn't who he says he is. Listen, need your encouragement and I need your forgiveness. Not going to get it right. Not going not to mince over and act like it's no big deal. Going to accept, hey, didn't get this decision right. We're working on it. We don't have answers. We don't have all the answers. We're going to need your forgiveness. We're to care for others. We care for ourselves. We care for our leaders. That's our responsibility. Now, let me show you what God's responsibility is. The results are God's responsibility. The results are God's responsibility. See, following Jesus is always a partnership. You do your part, God does his part. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter. You name the situation. I'm telling you, you do your part, God does his part. You got, you need, you got prayer requests, then you pray. God's part is to answer. If you've got physical needs, then you you serve, God will take care of you. I, I, I never forget, Pastor Rob used to always say this. He, he would say this, and it was a great line. He said, you take care of his business, he'll take care of your business. And I found this to be true in the areas of my life, that it's God's responsibility to take care of the results, that we live in such a way as a partnership. And I'm going to walk through this scripture right here. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. The justice of God is that partnership. That you do your part, God does his part. That it's always contingent, our part is always contingent, that God is God, but we're doing our part. It's a partnership with him. You will always harvest what you plant. That if you plant that you're helping other people, then help's going to come your way. If you plant that you're taking care of yourself, then you know what? Things are going to go your way. This is just how God works in, in our lives. That you take care of your leaders, then the congregation is going to be good. The church is going to be strong. That's how it works. Those who live only to satisfy their sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nation. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. This whole concept that if you live according to the Spirit, live according to God's Word, you're going to get the blessings, the spiritual blessings of God. But if you're not, then you won't. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. Because here's what happens. We all get tired of putting our shopping cart up, people. We're like, oh man, it's no big deal. I'm just going to leave it out here today. Somebody else will do it. Therefore, whenever you have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone. Just do good to everyone. You've heard me say this. That you ought to live in such a way that even people who don't believe in Jesus, I'll say, that's a weird dude, but you know what? They're generous. They're kind. That's the kindest person I ever met. 
You ought to live in such a way that your employer says, I don't believe like they do, but I'd hire a hundred of them because I've never seen such a work ethic. I've never seen such honesty. I've never seen somebody that went after it and cared about this place and cared about me. That they ought to be that way, that we ought to do good to everyone. But then he finishes it and said, but we ought to especially ought to lead the way in the church. That we ought to care. So this is how I want to close today. It's going to be a little different. I want to close today with a time of prayer. And I'm going to do something a little strange. Jason and Holly, would you come stand over here? Sean and Haley, would you come stand right here? I believe that people walk in here and you've got a need. And you need prayer. This is what I believe. I'm asking these guys, they're, they're going to be available to pray. We're going to, have a, we're going to have a time of prayer. Listen, maybe you're in a season that's tough and you feel overwhelmed. Maybe you've got a physical ailment. I mean, you need prayed for. You need somebody to put their hands on you and pray for you. Maybe you got something going on relationally or something you were. Listen, maybe you are. And let's, 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 let's not think this doesn't happen. Maybe you've got some sort of sin issue going on that you and I need prayer. Look, get it today. Don't walk out of here going, boy, I wish I'd have done it. No, get it today. There are people here. Maybe you want to come up front and you want to pray. But I want us to be the church today. And so, if you've got a need, we want to pray for you. You're overwhelmed. You're dealing with a circumstance, a situation. Maybe your family, I don't know. Maybe, maybe a loved one, I don't know. Maybe something worked. I know I feel like I'm rambling. I'm just telling you. But we're all going through something. Why don't you get prayed for today? Why don't we be the church? And so I'm going to lead in a time of prayer. And when I say amen, Cameron and Holly are going to sing. If you, have, if you need prayer, why don't you come? Why don't you stand with me right now? Father, we thank you for the beauty of the church. This place where we don't have to have it all together, Lord. Because you've got it together. You never called us to have it together. You called us to follow you. To be like you. To do the things that you did. And you cared about people. And you cared for people. So, Lord, I pray for those that are here today. Overwhelmed by a circumstance. Have a burden in a situation, a relationship, an issue. Father, I pray that we would carry these burdens today. They would walk out of here feeling lighter, knowing that there's a body, a family that cares about them. Lord, thank you that you care about all of us and you've placed us in your family. We love you. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. If you got a need, would you come today?